Welcome to Deal to Heal with E. James. On this podcast, my guest and I discuss topics and ways to heal and overcome in every area of our lives so that we may heal ourselves, our families, and our communities. My mission is to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thank you for joining in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Deal to Heal with E. James. I am your host, Ernest James, a.k.a. Friends of Fatherless Daughters on uh, Instagram. And I believe that everyone can have uh, live a life that is healed, whole, and healthy. So my mission is to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problems, heal with the pain, and fulfill your purpose. So thank you for joining us. This is episode number six. And again, we have our, our a new guest that hasn't been on yet. And at this time, I'll give her the floor and let her introduce herself. Ms. Bernadette. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. My name is Bernadette and I am a strategist and I help fatherless daughters to be their most authentic selves in relationships and business. I'm really happy to be here and I'm interested in the talk. All right. All right. And I'm, I'm so glad, glad to have you. First of all, let me say thank you for even agreeing to be uh, on my podcast. Um, I know not too long ago I was a guest on your podcast and I really enjoyed it. And I told you uh, even then that it was one of the best ones that I've done so far. Um, mm. I really liked it because it allowed me to really talk about my relationship with my daughter. And that went so well that after you know it released, I actually sent it to my daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we had a nice, nice conversation after that. I think it even helped her uh, help us with our relationship because... You know, I, I spilled my heart a lot in that in that interview. And so she was able to probably get some answers to some questions that she probably would have never asked me. So I want to definitely thank you for that opportunity and even for the effect that that had on my relationship with my daughter. You're welcome. I'm so glad that that happened. And that's really what I like. So I this really warms my heart. I'm, I'm really glad that you, had, you told me that. Oh, no, no problem. I, I could not tell you because I was really, I, I was excited to be on your show, first of all, for one. And then, like I told you, the, the questions and the, the quality, you know, of the whole interview, I was just like amazed. And, and again, I say again, definitely one of the best uh, podcast interviews that I've done as a guest, you know, mm-hmm. still to, to this date. So, but we're here to talk about you. <laughs> So we ain't going to make it all about me. So, um, again, just briefly, since we got talking, I kind of got sidetracked. Um, mm-hmm. Give us another, real quick, again, a brief uh, description of what it is that you do again. So I'm a strategist, um, a relationship engagement strategist, to be exact. And I help fatherless daughters to just be their most authentic selves in relationships and in business. And I do that by creating safe spaces for them in different places. So I have a uh, private Facebook group. I have my private coaching. I have um, 
a self-paced program. And I have a number of ways that fatherless daughters can really get in touch with the problems that they may have had as a result of that lack of relationship and how they show up in relationships because of um, their views about themselves, the limiting beliefs that they may have um, developed, the coping and defense mechanisms that they may not even realize they have. All of these things uh, we work on so that they can be their most authentic selves in both relationships and business. Right, right. So I, I, I'm definitely interested in the, the relationship aspect of it um, because one of the things that I found with myself that I just came to realize, you know, within the last year or so is that every relationship that I've had has been with a fatherless daughter. Mm. And when I came to that realization, I was just like, wow, you know, I, I had never really thought about it. You know, I'm, I'm 45 now. So I'm like, man, that's a, not a lot of, a lot of years. I'll say a lot of years, not necessarily a lot of relationships, um, but definitely long-term, a couple long-term relationships. But it just was something that kind of caught me off guard when I realized it. And I was like, wow. So either, you know, I'm attracted to them or they're attracted to me, you mm -hmm. know? And so I know that, you know, there are, are different ways that, you know, a daughter can become uh, a fatherless daughter. What, what would be some of the ways, you know, outside of, you know, just the breakup of, you know, the mother and father as far as relationship wise, but what may be some other ways that may cause a daughter to become a fatherless daughter? Uh, well, the three ways that I talk about and the ones that I have um, seen be most um, problematic is a father who is absent, where the daughter mm -hmm. either does not have a relationship with the father at all, it is very, very limited relationship, or um, maybe she doesn't even know who her father is. So that's absent. And then we have um, the relationship where the father is deceased, and this is either if she had a good relationship with her father or not, but the fact that he's deceased also will make her fatherless. And then the third one is a little surprising, but this is when the father is in the home, but emotionally unavailable. So that's where he does not have an intentional relationship with his daughter. It's where um, he may just come home and be the head of the household, but doesn't really um, know who his daughter is, um, does not try to understand who she is, isn't curious about her, doesn't take her out. They don't spend any one-on-one -on -one time together. She doesn't know him. He doesn't know her and what have you. So those are the three ways that you can be And it's usually a spectrum where on one side, you will have like the father who is absolutely not there. And on the other side, you have the father is there. And anywhere in between that, and anywhere in between those two fixed points, you know, is some degree of fatherlessness and uh, a woman who has experienced that will have different types of coping and defense mechanisms depend on where they fall on that spectrum. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I definitely agree with that because I, I found in, in my experience, usually, um, as, as, especially with the, the fatherless daughter that I've come across uh, more recently, that is generally the father is not in the home, you mm -hmm. know, um, not so much that he's passed away, you know, or anything like that, but he's just not in the home. Some of them are even around, you know what I'm saying? But just not in, involved. And so that gives a, a, a unique perspective on even their outlook um, on men 
because it's like because they don't have that actual interaction, like one-on-one interaction with their father, then their uh, view of what a father is and what he brings to, you know, to their lives is kind of made up of uh, a collection of things around them, whether it be fathers that they see, um, fathers that they've seen on TV, fathers that they know in person, you know, but not necessarily their father. So how mm-hmm. do you how do you think that, you know, not having the physical father or father figure, because I always say, you know, just because you, your father's not in your life doesn't mean you necessarily have the traits of uh, quote unquote daddy issues. As long as there's a father figure in your life to give you the, you know, the necessary tools that a father brings. So what would you, what do you think, or how do you think that, not having that one-on-one relationship with their actual father, how does that reflect in their relationships later on? Um, That is a really loaded question. And I say that because there are so many different ways that it can Mm -hmm. be reflected in their relationships um, going forward. One of the things that I wanted to touch on really quickly before I answered that is that even if um, a fatherless daughter does have a father figure in her life, a lot of times if she has not decided to receive love from that man, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how much he has done for her or how much he wants to do, she will still consider herself a fatherless daughter. She will Mm -hmm. still develop coping and defense mechanism as if her father is not there. So like, it really does have to be a... um, it almost has to be that she gives herself permission to be loved in mm-hmm. that way by a father. So I just wanted to, to say that because a lot of people will think that, okay, well, I did have a father figure in the home, even though my father wasn't there. And I still have like these issues with trust, let's say. Right, you know? right. Um, I still have these issues where I am sabotaging healthy relationships because I don't believe that I deserve them. Um, I still have issues where um, I don't know how to give and receive love. I don't understand what intimacy looks like outside of sex. I'm trying to overextend myself in relationships with others because I feel like I have to prove that I'm worthy to be loved. You know, I want to control every situation because this is the only way that I feel safe. You know, fear of rejection and fear of abandonment, um, fierce loyalty to friends and family, promiscuity, feeling like your body is the only thing of value that you have to give. And so you give it readily when any um, person may show you some kind of attention, especially if it's attention that you did not receive from your father. So there's so many different things that can manifest themselves in relationships as a result of the father not being there. And it really just depends on the quality of relationship with um, her mom. If she decided to accept, you know, the love and guidance of a father figure in her life. And also like the stories that she's been telling herself about why her own father is there. All of those things will contribute to how she shows up in relationship. Okay. Okay. I want to I want to touch on a couple of those um, that stood out to me. Uh, one of them was uh, pro- proving proving their love to be worth, or should I say, prove? I'm trying to say it exactly. Yeah, proving themselves to be worth to be loved. Prove, right, right. That's mm-hmm. what I was trying to say. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so 
when when I when I address that, one of the things that I I like to say is, you know, you you don't have to prove yourself to be loved because just from a father's point of view, when a when a father has a daughter and that daughter is is born, that father automatically loves that child, you know, and there's nothing that that child did to earn that love. It's automatically giving because that's his child, you know. And so one of the points that I try to make is, you know, when you get into your relationships as as an adult, that still plays a part. You shouldn't have to prove your love yourself to be loved or prove that you are worthy of love. You know, you should be loved just because, you know, and I know that 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 factors into the um, uh, the relationship itself and how genuine that relationship is. But what do you what do you think about, you know, that proving yourself to be loved and, and that concept, you know, that I just gave? Because, like I said, I, I generally don't believe you should have to prove yourself to be loved to anyone. You know, if they love you, they should love you automatically. And of course, I know that there are some things that, you know, because I love you, I will do this. And because I love you, I will show, you know, I will show love this way, but I'm not going to do that so that you can love me. So what, mm-hmm. what would be your thoughts upon that? So um, I do agree that no one should have to prove that they're worthy to be loved, that um, love is just something that is freely given. I I completely Mm. agree with you there. I don't, however, agree that, you know, you are loved by your father simply because you were born. That that obviously isn't true because then we wouldn't have fatherless daughters. So um, that, that isn't the reality for fatherless daughters. A lot of times the situation may be that their father did not want to be there some fathers choose not to be in their daughter's lives for whatever reason. Um, some they may have not um, ever shown that they love their daughter because maybe they didn't know how. Like there's there's a number of different reasons, and we we can talk about what they might possibly be. But honestly, it's you know that's some it's not a monolith. So um, what one person's reason is, it's not going to be what somebody else's reason is. However, um, it's just it's not a cut and dry situation where, you know, because you were born, your father automatically loves you. That That's not true. So right. um, with that being said, because um, daughters who experience uh, abandonment and or their father being absent and or their father being in the home and just not being intentional with their relationship, or if their father passed away and prior to that, they had a really bad relationship with their father, those women, those young girls, they internalize all of that to mean that something is wrong with them. And because they feel like Mm. something is wrong with them, that caused their father not to love them. Because in their mind, you would think that your parent would actually love you and would show you that they love you. Because none of these things happened, they feel that it's them. And because they feel that way, now they have internalized this narrative that says that, oh, if something is wrong with me because I did not receive the love of my father, I have to now prove that I'm worthy to be loved by the people that are in my life so that they do not leave like my father did, so that I don't feel unworthy like I do when I'm around my father who might be in the home, you know, all of these Mm -hmm. different things. So that's the reason why, like, that's one of the big things, um, one of the more um, popular things I would say 
that fatherless daughters find themselves doing. And some of them don't realize that this is what it is, but it is the overextension of, you know, themselves wanting to make sure that they create an atmosphere where they're always needed. Because if they can create mm. that kind of atmosphere, then the people who they love won't leave. However, they neglect their needs, they neglect their decide their desires and their priorities, you know, so that they can cater to the people who they love. And all the while, they will stay in relationships a lot longer than they should because they don't want to feel abandoned. They don't want to feel like they're abandoning anyone else. They may not feel like they deserve more than the relationship that they have. And a lot of them are just, you know, okay with the fact that the person is staying there. So there's all these different layers to that particular thing. But it's, it's you know, it's a lot deeper than your father should just love you because that's not the case. We know that it isn't. Right, right. So, okay, so let me, forgive me for saying that. In, in my mind, I was thinking differently the way that it came out. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I, so, okay, let me say it this way. I was speaking from my own mind, you know, and as a, as a father myself and who uh, has, has a daughter, you know, and two um, granddaughters now, you know, I was speaking from myself. So definitely I, I didn't mean to, misquote you know what i was trying to say but definitely I, I definitely agree with you and understand you know that that definitely of course that's not everyone's um case that the right. father would automatically show that love or else we would be a different line of work exactly <laughs> so I, I agree with that a hundred percent i wanted to say uh i wanted to speak on one of the things that you said uh, um about catering to to people who uh, well, catering to the people that they love. And then also um, in that same uh, vein, what I would want to uh, bring up would be, you know, false loyalty, right? Which be you catering to people that you love, but then you're loyal also, that I, I found in my experience, and sometimes you're loyal also to people who, again, you don't want them to leave, but then at the same time, they're not really the best people for you or not mm -hmm. even the best people to you, mm -hmm. you know, and I know you, you kind of mentioned on it a little bit about, you know, staying in relationships, whether it be uh, friendships or romantic relationships or whatever kind of ship it is, you know, longer than they should. Right. What, what would you, what advice or what would you say to someone that's kind of in that uh, vein you know, as far as being able to maybe even tell the difference between, you know, your loved ones who you should be um, catering to. And then those people who, you know, maybe you should be, you know, looking to let go. Um, that's a really great question. And that actually brings me to um, this training that I just rolled out because this is something that I feel like a lot of fatherless daughters struggle with. It is trying to identify the kinds of relationships that they're in and whether or not this is a relationship that's familiar to them, meaning that this is something that they've always experienced and it may not be the best kinds of relationships but it's what they know, it's what they feel comfortable with, it's predictable because they've been in this before. This is what they yearn for and what they deserve, which is relationships where they feel seen, supported, loved, understood, and where they feel safe. And so um, 
I have created a system that teaches women, fatherless daughters in particular, how to conduct relationship autopsies. And it's where I show them exactly how they can pinpoint the patterns in their relationships, the patterns with the partners that they choose, and also how those particular relationships make them feel. So if you um, if you really want to understand like what your patterns are, are you in a relationship where you know this is maybe something that's familiar to you, but this is you know a relationship that has gone way past its expiration date. This is not something that you should be in anymore. It's toxic and things like that. Then I would just suggest that they then go to the the link on the screen, Bernadette and Jackson, and then hit up my my IG bio because you'll see the the link to um, sign up for how to conduct a relationship autopsy that teaches them how to do that. But for for the sake of this um, interview here. What I will say is that you really need to start to pinpoint at the very least, how do you feel in these relationships? If you can pinpoint that, do you feel safe here? Do you feel like your needs and desires are a priority? Do you feel like you are always giving in this relationship, but you don't feel like the person is returning that? Is there mutual effort? Is it reciprocal? Like all of these kinds of things. If you can say no to like two or three of these things, then you need to examine that relationship and figure out like what's going on there. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to end, but a conversation does need to be had with that person about how you've been feeling, um, what you envision for the relationship and whether or not there's a path forward that both of you can take. And if it is true that this person really wants to be there, they do actually love you, they, they see a future with you, nine times out of 10, they will absolutely work with you to find a solution to, to the problem that you see. If you notice that there's some resistance, if you notice that you know this person is trying to brush off your feelings and they always do this, like anytime you say something, it's always a brush off. It's always, a, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. Oh, it was a joke or whatever it is always trying to minimize how you feel about something, that right there is a red flag because it means that they don't really take how you feel and what you need seriously. And in relationships, you want to feel safe knowing that the person that you are expending so much energy for, the person that you're likely overextending yourself in relationships with is at the very least appreciative of what you're doing and actually wants to return that same kind of effort. And if that's not the case, then you have to examine why do you think that you need to still be in that relationship? What is it that you're trying to hold on to in that relationship? And can you find those kind of feelings in your friendships until you're able to get in a relationship with a man or, or a partner who actually wants to build the kind of relationship that you view as an amazing relationship? So that's what I would say there. Okay, right. I, I agree with you 100%. And, and one of the ways that I, uh, when I speak about it, the one, the way that I said, there are what I call fillers, and then there's friends, right? Mm -hmm. So fillers are, fillers are people that uh, come into, or should I say people, fillers are people that come into fathers and daughters' lives, and they use them to fill the voice that is left by their father, right? And so, but there's a difference between a filler and a friend. So male fillers and friends are, I believe, are necessary 
for the the physical and the emotional balance of a uh, fatherless daughter's life. And but all the time, the fillers, you know, are not. A lot of times, the fillers are mistaken for friends. And one of the things with with fillers that that would mess up with your relationships is because fillers don't respect boundaries. And that goes to what you were saying was, you know, when you do something or they, they do something or say something that makes you feel some type of way. And then it's like, Oh, it was just a joke or, you know, or you don't take, so don't be so serious or whatever it is. And they kind of brush it off. Like that is a sign that this person is not a friend. This person is a filler. And, you know, you may be holding on to them or the father's daughter may be holding on to them to fill a void, but then they're not really filling that void, you know, right. and they're probably doing more harm than hurt. You know what I'm saying? I mean, more hurt than help, should mm-hmm. I say. So what do you think that, you know, I believe that when it comes to fillers, they will always look for a way to benefit uh, from the relationship with the fatherless daughter and not necessarily give to that relationship. Would you agree with that? Like they are, they're the one way to be able to tell between a, a true friend and a filler would mm-hmm. be how they react to you. And are they more of a taker? Because we know the fatherless daughters often overextend themselves, you know? So with that, filler would that be more that person being more of a taker is that something that you would agree with if i um, explain it correctly <laughs> i know um, i'm a lot yeah it's okay so i'm thinking about what you're saying and even though um the concepts of like fillers and friends is relatively new those are not the terms that i use but i, I get what mm-hmm. you're saying and i do believe that if a if a person is a giver and especially if a fatherless daughter is overextending herself in in relationships if she is trying to prove that she's worthy to be loved if she is trying to create an atmosphere where she's always needed which means that she's she's making sure that everything that her partner needs he has a lot of times by her hand if these are the kinds of things that are happening then a person who would be considered a filler would definitely benefit from all of those perks. And um, a lot of it is being done without this person even proving themselves worthy because right. the, the, the worth in the relationship comes with the fact that they stayed. Like they showed the attention, you know, they they did whatever little thing that they needed to do to, to get her to, to be in a relationship. And now he he's there. And so that alone is the only qualifier for what a fatherless daughter is willing to do to keep that kind of relationship. And all of these things typically happen before, um, you know, she like actually is intentional about her healing journey. And so Mm -hmm. like once she does start doing that, she will start to see that the quality of the relationships that she had before she went on this journey are not ones that she wants to have anymore. She'll start to see the red flags a little bit more readily. She'll start to see, you know, that her needs and her desires and um, the priorities that she has are just not as important as this person's. And, you know, she'll, she'll change. But prior to that, you know, a filler person will absolutely benefit from that kind of relationship for sure. Okay. So um, now on the opposite side of that, um, 
would be the situation where uh, a fatherless daughter may sabotage their own relationships. So I've, I've come into contact with fatherless daughters who have done that. You know, it's like, I want this relationship, but then they will do things that put that relationship in jeopardy. And then even before, sometimes even before the outcome has came, they're like, okay, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? And they're, and they're out. And it's like, wait a minute, you didn't even give it a chance, you know, to work on it. What would be some of the things that, you know, you may have uh, seen or addressed even with that to help, you know, a fatherless daughter who may be on that side of the spectrum, meaning they're in order to not get hurt, they're quick to run. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you what would be something that you may you know advise them? Um, I like that question because this is actually something that I work on, uh, heavily with my clients. Um, I have coined a phrase called the fear of abandonment cycle, and it is, um, something that I teach about. There's two different cycles actually, where one is that you see red flags, you ignore them, and then you try to fix them in, um, in hopes that the relationship is going to be sustained. And the other one is exactly what you suggested, which is where they're in a really great relationship and um, they don't think that they deserve to be there. And so they start to sabotage the relationship. And a lot of it comes um, because of the fear of abandonment. And what happens is that because fatherless daughters may not have seen healthy relationships in their home growing up, a lot of what they imagine a healthy relationship is may come from TV, may come from books, may come from, you know, things that they may see movies and such. And what they don't understand about those kinds of relationships is that the portrayal of those relationships are exaggerated for entertainment purposes. So mm-hmm. most relationships in real life do not happen the way they do on TV. Okay, like Richard Gere is not coming in a limousine to come and rescue you from <laughs> from the roof or, you know, because right. he really wants to be with you. That kind of stuff is not happening in real life. It's not. And so, you know, because we don't have anything else to draw on in terms of the type of healthy love, the type of healthy real love. We have to just pick from whatever is around us. And because of that. And because of this idea, as I was saying before, that, you know, my father not being there must be my fault, then you feel mm-hmm. like you're not worthy of healthy love. Not only do have you not seen it before, you don't recognize it when it shows up. It's scary when it shows up. Why? Because this is not familiar to you. And fatherless daughters want to be in situations that are familiar to them because there is a safety in knowing and being able to predict what this relationship is going to be like. So yes, I yearn for, you know, deep connection and I want to be in a really, really great relationship. But all I know is unhealthy love. And I, even though I know that at some point this relationship is going to end, I'm going to take what I can get for right now. I understand the course of this relationship. It's predictable. I know how to manage my emotions because I know that it's going to end soon. And all of these things are predictable factors for them to really feel safe in. And safety Mm -hmm. is the number one thing that a fatherless daughter wants to feel. 
And she doesn't understand that she can be safe in relationships that are healthy with people who want to build, you know, healthy intimacy, who want to, to love them in the way that they understand all of these things she yearns for, but she doesn't know what that looks like. And because she doesn't know what that looks like, and because she doesn't understand, you know, like how to operate in that kind of relationship, because she's going to still bring all of her baggage to something like that and not know how to handle this kind of rare relationship that she might be in because she thinks that she doesn't deserve what might be coming to her, what might be presented to her. She's going to sabotage that relationship. And a lot of it is because um, she doesn't know how to predict the ending. Like if I decide that I'm going to let myself go in this relationship and I'm going to like just freely love and accept this love in return and I get a glimpse of what this is like and I feel safe here and then something happens and this relationship ends, I'm going to be devastated. I will not know mm -hmm. how to handle that kind of devastation because it was a glimpse at everything that I yearned for in my heart. And so because that is so hard to handle and it's so hard to really fathom in terms of being able to like accept that and, and see what that might be like for her. She sabotages it because at the end of the day, like, you know, it's, it's easier to be in situations where you're used to being in them and you understand the dynamics, you understand your role and what have you. But when somebody is trying to call out something different in you and you are not ready for that kind of relationship, you aren't ready for what that's going to, to um, maybe show you, like what that's going to bubble up to the surface and all of these things, you sabotage it because it's not something that you can take yet. And so a lot of it really just has to do with that. And it's almost like a, um, a tug of war between wanting those kind of relationships and being very, very afraid of them because they open up areas of your life that you may not be ready for anyone to see. And it's a level of vulnerability that you now have to show in relationships like that. And fatherless daughters do not want to be vulnerable to anyone because it feels unsafe. It makes them feel weak. And safety, again, is the number one thing that they yearn for. And so there's all these dynamics around why a fatherless daughter would sabotage healthy relationships. But those things that I mentioned are really the tug of war that's in her head that makes her decide that, you know what, I have to exit stage left before this, this you know, dream gets ripped from underneath me because that is a kind of pain that I don't want to have to deal with again. Yes, I, I agree with you 100% because those very words I've heard, you know, said to me, mm -hmm. you, know, um, you know, as talking with father's daughters. I have one more question and you, and you kind of just hit on it and that's trust and vulnerability and how they go hand in hand and a lot of times or should I say most of the time in my experience that the fatherless daughter refuses to be vulnerable because of not feeling safe with that trust of that person. And, and sometimes even when, you know, that person may have uh, showed themselves to be trustworthy, I guess, by their own, in their own eyes or the, by their own efforts, you know, that fatherless daughter was still, you know, not necessarily trust him or only trust him to a certain extent. So uh, this will be the last question, and, and I'll let you answer it and, and have the last say uh, after you answer it. 
you know, then you can give your, your contact information of, of where everyone can find you at. But I just want you to touch real quickly on that dynamic of the trust and the vulnerability and how that goes hand in hand. Yeah, so um, trust and vulnerability do absolutely go hand in hand. And um, all of those things really boil down to um, knowing yourself. And the issue with vulnerability is that when you decide to be vulnerable, vulnerable with a person, it's, um, it allows them to see like who you truly are. And the one thing that fatherless daughters know how to do is to create a persona that they feel is going to be lovable and acceptable. Mm -hmm. And so because they've done that and they have lived in that persona and shown up to every relationship in that persona, they don't ever want to be vulnerable in a relationship to the point where somebody can see where they hurt, see their wounds, see who they really are, see the cracks, you know, and yes. all of these things. Because perfection is one of the things that fatherless daughters really have a deep desire for, because they feel like perfection is going to be the mask that they can wear so that people do not see that they feel ashamed of their relationship with their father, that they feel like there's something wrong with them, that why their father wasn't there, where they feel like, you know, um, unworthy of being loved, like they don't belong in the room, like they're not smart enough to, to deliver whatever is they need to deliver. You know, all of these different things is a lot of times how fatherless daughters feel. And so showing up, you know, with a persona where they have it all together, where, you know, they're they're perfect, where they are knowledgeable about whatever it is that they're talking about, where they don't ever get upset or they don't they don't have any real issues. Nothing is wrong with them. They don't ask for help. All of these things, you know, is a shell of protection that mm -hmm. they have put around themselves because they want to protect themselves from being hurt in the way that their father hurt them. And so in doing that, they have hidden their truest self, their most authentic self down in the deepest depths of their soul. And nobody gets to see that ever. And so being vulnerable cracks open that wall that they have created for safety. And when people are given like a bird's eye view into the most vulnerable places of themselves, their most authentic self, it makes them feel too naked. And that kind of intense feeling of somebody knowing you that deeply and possibly um, using this information to hurt you or weaponizing it against you or just the fear of these things happening, regardless of how trustworthy this person appears, is a fear worse than almost death for fatherless daughters. And so that is why um, that kind of weakness, and I'm putting it in quotes because this is exactly what fatherless daughters view vulnerability as, just that kind of of closeness and you know um, vulnerability, for lack of a, of a better word, just that alone really it creates the kind of fear in them that like if somebody sees who I really really am, and then they reject me, then I'll know that what I believed about myself all this time is true. You know what I mean? 
And so because yep. they have these limiting beliefs, it's almost like their mind is like, okay, let's create this little protective layer around these limiting beliefs because at some point you do want to, you want to prove them wrong. You know that these thoughts are not thoughts that you should have about yourself. So you want to prove them wrong. And you prove them wrong by creating this persona. So if nobody gets to see the real me, then we're not going to be able to prove that, you know, I'm really, I'm really the one who was at fault here with my father not being there. And so the persona protects that limiting belief. It protects them from themselves almost. And so that they won't ever be able to say, you know what? It was me. And that that right there is what they don't ever want to have to come to grips with. So that's what I would say about that. It does absolutely work hand in hand, trust and vulnerability. But but that's really the reasoning behind why vulnerability is not something that they really ever want to have in relation. Right. I, I, I definitely agree with you 100 percent, because, again, those those are words that I've heard, you know, spoken straight from the, the mouth of a fatherless daughter. And in some cases, exactly what you just said about, you know, not wanting to open up. And so, again, I want to say thank you, Bernadette, once again, for, for being my guest. I, I'm, I'm truly blessed to have you on, uh, definitely because I, I know that your, your wealth of knowledge, especially dealing with fatherless daughters, is, is just amazing to me. Um, I, I had a guest on um, two episodes ago. Uh, Yana and she was on she's actually a fatherless daughter but she's on the opposite side so she's a fatherless daughter that works with fathers and reconnecting with their daughters mm -hmm. and so we had a nice conversation I had her on and and both of you guys definitely I wanted to be one of my first guests that I have on you know especially dealing with the fatherless daughters because I know and I feel that you're knowledge in this area and the work that you do is so needed and so right on point. So again, I want to thank you once again for, you know, again, allowing me to be on your, on your pla uh, platform, but not only that, but gracing us with your uh, self here on this platform and just give me your words of wisdom uh, to the listeners that are here. So the listeners that who may not know you, where can they find you and how can they follow you? Okay, so I just want to say thank you again for having me on your platform and just trusting me to be here with your audience. Um, again, my name is Bernadette Jackson, and you can find me on Instagram at Bernadette N. Jackson. So that's B-E-R-N-A-D-E-T-T-E-N-J-A-C-K-S-O-N. Um, once you're there, you will find the links to everything that I do in my bio. I have a podcast. It's called the Bernadette Jackson podcast, where I am redefining how the world views women with daddy issues. Um, I have the uh, free training that I told you about earlier, which is how to conduct a relationship autopsy. Uh, you can find links to work with me personally. And um, all of the things are there. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can always slide into my DMs there. I'm always active over on IG. You can take a look at my page. I have a lot of information there. So if you wanted to learn more about yourself as a fatherless daughter, how you show up and things of that nature, my page would be one that, that offers a lot of information. And then if you wanted to check me out on my website, you can also go to BernadetteJackson.com. So any of those places, uh, you'll be able to engage with my content. You can look and see what I do and you can reach out to me and we can and um, figure out how we can work together. All right, all right. And to all the listeners, I definitely encourage you 
to check her out and definitely visit her Instagram page and, and the different platforms where she's available. Thank you all for listening and, and following me once again. This is Ernest James, E. James. Uh, welcome. Thank you again for being here. My mission is to help you all to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in to Deal to Heal with E. James. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. Today's episode was sponsored by Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Go to dealtoheeltees.myshopify.com. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problems, hear from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.